<laughs> All right, Sophia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nick, for having me. It's a pleasure. Mm -hmm. So who are you and why do you do what you do? Mm, the question. <laughs> question. So, yeah, the question. So I guess I am um, a reflection of my past, but I'm not only my past. So I guess that influenced me and what I went through. Um, shape me somehow but i figured out that that's not who i am so i'm not my thoughts i'm not my emotions i'm not my past that's just a little tiny bit of the essence of who i am and that's why i do what i do so i like to help others and inspire others to see the same that i can see might not be in the same way that i see it but somehow that they can find out their way in life. Mm -hmm. And so what got you started on this path? Um, my own healing, I guess. My own being tired of my own bullshit, my own limitations, you know? I guess when you are able to say, you know what, enough is enough, and I am not doing it and I'm not repeating it again, it's enough for me, it stops here then you kind of need to figure out a way. So for me, it was simply one day, actually it was one night, I was sitting in bed and nothing was working out as I thought it should work out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I, it kind of clicked to me. It kind of made sense that perhaps I'm not living a life that I, it's fulfilling. So I might need to do something about it, right? So, and then I looked for help, obviously. <laughs> so I went to therapy and I did as many things as you might um, imagine, like therapy, um, Reiki, I've tried it all. Mm -hmm. um, and on the way of trying it all, that's when you start connecting with the lost parts of yourself and you start to embody all these parts and understand yourself better and understand the others around you. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a very crucial aspect of everyone's journey is, yeah. it's like once you, because I feel like first, like for every single person, they, you know, like once they finally like have that thing that pushes them over the edge where it's just so uncomfortable for them to be the same anymore. Mm -hmm. they're forced to change. But what's interesting about that is that, I, you know, obviously it's not like an overnight thing. And I feel like you kind of, you're kind of bouncing from one thing to the other. So like for you, as you know, you're doing a bunch of different energy healing practices. Yes. And for me, it was like for at least like a year, maybe a year and a half, I was so obsessed with like diet and nutrition, like so much to the point where I, you know, yeah, I, perhaps I can attribute a lot of my healing to cleaning up my diet and putting better things in my body. Mm -hmm. Got to a point where I got too dependent on that for my livelihood. It turned mm -hmm. into something where it was like, okay, if I don't have a perfect diet, like I'm not okay. And so like I, I basically it. gave all of my power to this thing <laughs> and then yes. when it's really only like 
0.5% of my journey. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I realized. I was so into it. It was my life. Literally, if I don't go to a meditation or I don't enroll in this course A, B, and C, then it's a disaster. I cannot live. Anxiety will cripple and all these thoughts, you know, I'm not doing enough. And then that's when I realized that's just a part of it. And it's not empowering for me to be constantly looking for someone else to fix me, right? We are the ones in charge of that. And again, food, and that's why I can see what you're saying. Food is so important. And I've, well, I don't take it as seriously as you do. And I probably should because when I did, I saw results. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see the healing power of food. And that's massive. Right. Yeah. For me, it's honestly been such a, it's been a roller coaster, seriously. Because sometimes, <laughs> like, sometimes, like, sometimes things will just be like, okay. Like things will be good. Mm-hmm. I can eat whatever I want. Like I'll feel good, you know, like, yeah, I'll definitely do my best to eat healthy and things like that. But basically like long story short, like I was at one point in this place, like I said, where I was so attached to my food where mm-hmm. I was literally causing myself physical disease. Oh, like, like no matter like how healthy the food was, like the stress and anxiety and that coagulation of energy because that's mm-hmm. coagulation of energy and the stagnancy of energy is what makes us sick and uncomfortable exactly <laughs> um, exactly and so no matter like how healthy my food was like that is how i was feeling and so i've definitely had many different you know periods within my life where you know, sometimes it's a bit coagulated in that area of food and sometimes it's not. And I will be honest in admitting that lately, it's been more coagulation. And I, I'm really not sure why. I don't know if you're familiar like with the chakra system and things like that, but mm-hmm. my solar plexus for the past couple of months is just not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not been awesome. Yeah. Solar plexus here is a thing as well. So I do understand what you're talking about. And, but, but I have actually a question for you. What made you realize that actually food was not being a source of, um, you know, healing was actually jeopardizing you? Mm-hmm. When was that moment that you had that? It was whenever I started to literally feel physical pain in my body. Mm. And for a while I was like, okay, like this just means I have to do better. My diet has to be uh-huh. even better because if my diet's perfect, then I should be feeling good. I should have mm-hmm. no symptoms. There should be nothing wrong with me. And so for a while I, I just went so deep into these rabbit holes of like making like all of these elixirs for myself and juicing and whatever it may be. And it just never worked. And the physical pain, like literally in my stomach just kept getting worse and worse and worse, like a stinging burning sensation. And so I eventually got to this point. It was one night I've talked about this before, but it was one night where the stinging and the pain was so bad to the point where I was just sitting in my chair and I was, I was weeping and I was just like higher power, like, something like I need help. Like, like, what do I need Mm. to do? 
Like, what do I need to do? And I don't necessarily remember a clear answer, but it was definitely to just stop taking it as seriously and to just relax Mm -hmm. because that Mm -hmm. discomfort was just a physical manifestation of the stress that I was feeling. Definitely. Yeah. And do you see how with simple answers we get into the it wasn't so clear but was so simple which is relax and when we get something so simple sometimes we overthink it like it it is it cannot be possible right it's never so simple yeah so so i have a question for you about certainty and (laughs) and faith because a lot of that is relaxing (laughs) and I mean, it's like, sometimes it's very hard, like with all of these things going on around you and all of these expectations and these, and you know, the standards that you think you have to adhere to and these things that you think you have to meet, it's very, it can be at times very challenging to, to remain in that place of faith because you feel like if you're not doing anything, like, of course, yes, you have to do things, but if you're not, <laughs> if you're not like perfect, and things like that, if you're not perfect, if you're not always on your shit, then things are just gonna collapse and you're not gonna be okay. Yeah, that's a big one. Perfectionism, expectations, uncertainty. Um, I feel like lately, and to me, at least for me, um, what people expect from me is not so much what I focus upon. I kind of don't, but when I grew up, while growing up, yes, that was family, you know, my mother's expectations, because I grew up without a father, so I could see her struggling to support me and my brother, so I would see her expectations. She wouldn't be happy with less than five, which was the maximum for us in our system, so if I came home with a tree, oh my God, I wouldn't even want to show her, because that's not good enough. That's not, you know, it's not going to make it. Who are you going to be? So her expectations, family expectations, uh, society expectations, it all adds up to the point that we kind of don't know why we do the things we do and why we choose to do the things we choose. It's kind of just meeting their expectations. Mm -hmm. And that's where you lose yourself. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? To get what? What's the purpose? Do I even like it? Do I even have fun? Do I even enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, right? Very, it's very challenging to, because I definitely relate to that because I'm, I'm still yeah. in college and college definitely isn't the most exciting thing to me in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm very fortunate to run a business at the moment and also to, be very passionate about that and the podcast that I'm doing and the content on, and on social and things like that. And that makes me feel alive. But whenever I go to yeah. school, like it, it's absolutely miserable. Like, an <laughs> I will also be honest in saying that I would, it's okay. not, I would not go to college if I wasn't practically forced to. 
Yeah. Like looking you back, on it, I, I certainly wouldn't have. Exactly. And I share the same, I can share empathy with you because again, I did it exactly for the same reason. I was kind of forced into going to college. And then in the last year, I've, I was miserable. I didn't want to be there. It's like sitting in a chair surrounded by people and basically lifting off your body and be like, what am I doing here? Like, that's not, it doesn't talk to me. And then I ended up, you know, screw it. I give up. I don't want to do this. And I actually never had a word, you know, with my mom about it. I just did it. Um, so I basically found a job and I left, right? So she couldn't really tell me anything because now she isn't supporting me. However, I thought I am, for such a long time, I thought I am disappointing her because mm -hmm. she always would want better for me. And I would see my friends graduating and being, you know, happy and family pictures and all these things that for me, it doesn't speak, but at that time would hurt because it wasn't something that I did. And then I realized, but that was my mom's dream. It wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. And when later on we had a conversation, she said, you know, we, I was really honest. I said, I'm sorry that I was never able to give you that, that you really expected from me, but that wasn't who I was at that time and what I wanted. And um, she told me she was very proud of me anyway. So you see, it, it meant nothing for her, but if I've decided to, you know, whatever I've decided would be fine for her. She just wanted me to be happy and have options. Right. So that was, yeah, that was her intent. And it was never to have a graphic designer daughter, a doctor, whatever, you know, right. so from that part, I felt relieved. So, I love, yeah, I like yeah. that about that, about that's what it should be about. Just being happy and, and being happy. Free. It's being, yeah. free. <laughs> um, being free. Exactly. And you know, yeah, sure. On a physical level, there are things that can contribute to that, but that's certainly not the entire equation. And exactly. I feel like if you know, like, if you know, like especially if you know what makes you feel alive and you're simultaneously doing something else yeah you just gotta do whatever you gotta do like yeah. you just gotta yeah. do whatever you gotta do um but that is interesting because you know on the whole like family expectation thing it's like I was talking to a friend not too long ago and mm -hmm. she was talking about how basically our families and our parents especially tended to not see their children as spiritual beings that are here mm -hmm. to experience certain things and that have a certain mission. Mm -hmm. And so that is super fascinating to me. Yeah. I actually know a few people who were lucky. When you know the truth, it's not about luck, right? So um, that's what they've chosen. So it's fine. And I accept that. <laughs> I wanted something more challenge, perhaps. So, and that is true. When you bring up your emotions as a soul, you know, you have emotions, obviously, you feel things that you do not feel otherwise 
you, at least that was my experience, you get shut down. And the more you are creative and the more you are childlike, let's say, the more you are forced into reality and growing up. So that part of you remains unexplored and repressed. And only when we are doing the work that we are doing, we figured out that, oh, wow, I actually like uh, arts or I actually like to sing and to perform. And that was truly makes me alive. So that is true. They do not see it in that way. Mm-hmm. And... And so how do you keep that, that trust that, you know, like no matter what, you're going to be okay? I have to work on it every single day, basically. Every time a thought comes up, I literally sit with it. And if not, I take note because <laughs> there is something coming up that needs to be addressed. And I am not willing to keep on repeating it. It's just a waste of my time. No, I refuse that. So if it is something that comes up and I can shift it so I can be practical about it and perhaps embody it and now be comfortable with it, that's fine. If not, then is it noise? Where is this noise coming from? Was it something that someone said? Why? Mm. Shall I trust it or is just noise, you know? Right. Till which point am I going to be holding on to this thought and yeah. for how long? That is super fascinating because yeah. I'm thinking about the other day. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was like kind of like in that very in-between state of sleeping, like as I was like kind of waking up, like before I get out of bed. And I had this thought so like, you know, obviously like we all have our dreams and you know, the things that we want to bring forth the things we want to manifest. And once it's in that vortex, like it's there, like, you know, it's there. And so, you know, we always hear the concept, like, you know, you don't think your thoughts, your thoughts think you, like mm-hmm. you're a receiver to them. And it's insane because I, I had a thought, like it was almost like I was glimpsing into a timeline of the future and it was just so incredible because I didn't like, I didn't feel like I actually thought that like it came so naturally. Mm-hmm. Like just a thought, like, like it was insane. Like for like, so okay, for context, um, I've always wanted to build a house, like to just like create and architect my own house. And the vision was just like a conversation and in the conversation, I was like, yeah, like right now I'm building my own house or like whatever. And, and that was just something that like, just like came to me. Like I, I didn't try to do it at all. So it was so fascinating. Yeah. And that's what keeps you alive and gives you spark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you do not have, yeah. And that happens a lot in that dream state kind of in between where you get inspiration and, and most of my content happens during that time well literally i have to open my eyes and write it down because i will not remember when i wake up mm-hmm. it's that moment the thought will drop and you are like oh wow and for a long time i thought 
when I had these moments of inspiration, I thought it's mine. It's, it's me. I'm brilliant. I'm a genius. And then I figured out that it's not, it's the collective. There was a time that I was posting and literally my content will have the same topic at, as at least three more people. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, we are thinking the same things. So I'm not a genius. <laughs> and that's, of like a shock for your ego but then you get over it you're like okay yeah we are all connected all energy so it's possible that we are having the same uh, thoughts but the way I approach it is different than everyone else is doing and that's what you bring to the table mm -hmm. right your difference your uniqueness let's say the way you were gonna do it it's not gonna be as anyone else so exactly as your dream state you got this information and yeah, no one else could receive it, only you. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens when we are writing and we are putting content out there and we are reaching out and we are getting all this inspiration. Right. We all receive it in different ways. And then the way we externalize it, that's our uniqueness. That's our gift. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it, you know, at least. Yeah, it's such a fascinating experience because I experienced that last night, like sometimes like that wave will kind of just come to you mm -hmm. and you just have to do it. Like you, like you literally just have to do it. Like it was, I think I woke up last night at like 2.30 AM and obviously like I wanted to be asleep because I, you know, I, I definitely value my sleep and all that, but I just started getting these ideas and I was like, okay, I have to write that down put my phone down. Mm -hmm. I try to go back to sleep and I'm like, shit, I got another one. <laughs> so like, yes, I yes. Going and, going. <laughs> and, and that's just like the best stuff. Like whenever it's just like flowing through you, yes. um, I had a podcast with someone recently who said, Jason Goldberg, he said, channeled versus manufactured. It feels best. And it is the best whenever it's channeled. Yes. It feels true. It's, it's just so easy. Right. At least to me, it happened to me as well a few, maybe a week ago or something. The same, 3 a.m. and here I am writing because I had to wake up and write it down and I'm trying to sleep and I'm, I'm getting it. It's just a few ideas, different ideas, right, 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 right. Yeah. And then like, wow, what's going on tonight? But I went with the flow, you know, I, I knew I needed to sleep, but when it's pouring, you just go with the flow. <laughs> it's the best thing that you can do, really. Exactly, because it's like, and I think about that too, because I'm like, okay, like, so what about sleep? Like, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's this, so good. <laughs> like, I'm literally just like a human. Like, this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be exciting. Like, exactly. just go with it. <laughs> yeah, as you can, like, we need to sleep, obviously. But again, who created this thing of sleeping and being awake and what time It's not really, you know, a spirit thing is a human thing. So I guess we are just trained for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So doesn't matter. 3 a.m. You're flowing. Yes. Write it down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how have you, <laughs> how have you gotten over what others think of you? So in other words, how have you been able to fully show up as yourself? Like, obviously it takes time to cultivate that, that courage and confidence. Like, like, yes, you're, you're a beautiful woman, mm 
However, it's still not easy necessarily for anyone to to come out and kind of go against the norm and the standard. Yeah. And you may think that being a beautiful woman makes everything easier for you, right? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right? It didn't to me, for me. <laughs> it didn't. It served me, it served me to a certain extent, but then there's always a part of you that is not so confident. And that's the part you don't show to others. Right? So when you say, how did I get over it? Um, again, with work. Does it really matter what they think of me? Why? Because I want to be accepted. Mm. Okay. And what happens if they don't? Then I will feel rejected. And then, you know what I mean? Like you keep on going, 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 digging until to find the belief. So at the end, you just want to be loved. Mm -hmm. But does it really matter what others think of you? Not really. Are they living your life? Not really. Are they in your shoes? No. Paying your bills? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do they eat with your mouth? No. So why do you care? And it can be hurtful sometimes. You, yeah. Showing up authentically is not easy because that may mean that someone is going to reject you. And it's kind of having the courage to be disliked, as Brene Brown says. Have the courage to be disliked because you're not here to please anyone. <laughs> you're here to have fun. You're meant to be happy with yourself. Others are just a bonus. Whatever happens into your life, in your life, is just a plus. Adds to your life. So how did I overcome it? I, again, it's always a work in progress. And whenever that little voice comes into my head and says, I'll please this person. Why? Why am I going to get from it? Is it a material thing? Because sometimes can be. Oh, if he likes me, then um, he might marry me. And then what? What? He's going to support me. And I'm tapping into this energy because here in Dubai, um, in the UAE, unfortunately, that's a lot of what's in the air. You know, a lot. There's a lot of money. With a lot of money comes a lot of you know, luxury and people start to just think in material ways and I can't blame them. Yes, safety, um, financial safety and, and having this safety or having someone providing for you. Yeah, it makes you safe. Really? But till what point do I have to give up myself to actually get it? Mm -hmm. And being someone different to please someone else in order to get it. Right. And yeah. And this is what people are not understanding in here. And it's, I, I just see it, you know, I'm like observing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, the courage to be disliked. The courage to be disliked. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I know that a good indicator that I'm showing up as my true self, like, especially on social media is if, people like start to unfollow me after I post something that I'm like, Oh, oh. yes, that's a big one. <laughs> you know, you are getting them because you are annoying them. Right. Exactly. They don't like to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that will happen a lot. And that's like, you know, like I know I'm putting out my best stuff. If not only I feel it like in my core that, you know, it's like channel versus manufactured. Yes. Like that's mm -hmm. one aspect with the other aspect is, what is the general 
response. Mm -hmm. Like, like, because like inevitably if I'm being who I truly am, I'm going to ruffle people's feathers inevitably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to, yeah, I, I used to think that I wasn't doing a good job because people weren't following me. And then I said, but I am doing what I feel like doing and it feels right to me. It feels good to me. The more aligned people, I, I call them my tribe. My tribe will find me and will stay if they want. And if they don't, they can go yeah. find somewhere else, you know, their inspiration. It's not only me out here putting the content. Right. This is just one version of it. And if you say that's great, if you don't, then go ahead. Mm -hmm. But I don't let it dictate anymore what I'm doing or, or even makes me, because I can see you going through it because we were kind of the same way. Like it's not perfect enough. It's not good way. It's not good enough. So maybe it's me. No, it's not us. It's not us. We are doing a good job. If they are leaving, that's good too. Because the ones who stay, they really appreciate what you're doing and you are really impacting these people. You, I receive many messages every single week from people, people that I know and people that I don't know, thanking me for the work, you know, and sharing something personal. And it really touches me because that's my intuit, you know? Mm -hmm. It's never to really please everyone. I'm not here for that. I'm sharing what I know and sharing what, how I see it. And, and if you can see a part of you in that, which resonates, then my goal, it's there, it's done. The job is done. Right. If I help you somehow, the job is done. That's it. One person, yeah. that's it. And it's admirable that, you know, looking at your page that night, like, you know, you can sense the authenticity there and just the, the genuineness and the commitment because it's, you know, you don't have to have a ton of followers to do what makes you feel alive. And so that's yeah. <laughs> just admirable that, you know, you've reached a place where you know, the validation is not of any concern to you. Like, sure, perhaps maybe sometimes to the ego, but yes, <laughs> any concern. And so like, sometimes I realize with myself, it's like, I will be very, very nitpicky, like almost irrationally nitpicky about my content and kind of posture mm -hmm. myself in a certain way and just trying to make it absolutely perfect. And so literally that happened last night and I had to ask myself, I had to ask like, where am I trying to go? Mm -hmm. Like, where am I trying to go? Like, I have to be honest with myself in, in knowing that I'm never going to, I'm literally never going to get to this place that my mind thinks it's going to go. And I say that in the sense that, you know, sure, maybe, I, yeah, perhaps I will get more followers, more likes, whatever, over time, all the superficial things. But no matter how, no matter how much that stuff increases, my mind is just going to raise the bar. It's just going to yes. raise the bar. And, and it's literally never going to be satisfied. And so that is just encouragement to me to just stop holding back and acting as if I have to act perfectly in order to bring mm -hmm. something forth. Because acting trying to be perfect is acting from a place of scarcity it's acting yeah like i you know am, am not enough 
am not mm-hmm. enough. And so that was something I had to think about literally last night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes. So, and let me start with, yeah, thank you so much for finding my content um, from a place of honesty, because that's how I create. That's how I feel free. That's how I feel. Literally, that's how I feel. And if I don't express myself in that way, then I just read it, just shut up. <laughs> so, and that's how I, it's like a fish in the water, right? It's your natural state of flowing in this way, trying to make it easy for others to understand what you understood or you took some time or maybe years to understand. Because mm-hmm. none of this comes just one night and I know it. It's by experience and you dive into it and you get to know. So, yes, I do look at my content and sometimes I go, well, wow, I wish I had this person's organization skills or this person's um, intention and I was creative as this person. And, you know, I can look at all these people that I follow and admire and be like, oh, wow, I wish I have done it differently. But I'm at the point where I just look at my content and see how can I raise the bar, as you say. Will I be happy if I do it? Yeah, perhaps I'll feel better, feel better with what I'm, the way I'm expressing myself. But again, and that's when I sit with myself, am I doing it for me or for someone else? And when I know literally that I'm doing it for someone else, then I don't do it. Yeah. And this, this can also set you, this can also be, um, what's the word? Um, sabotage you right Mm -hmm. because you are in this place where is it me being perfect or is it resistance of actually doing better so i can achieve more yeah so this is where i have to really sit down with myself and really have a talk and see how can i do things in a different way that is not for others or it's for me but it's serving others in a better way and when you focus on serving others in a better way best way possible showing up for others in the best way possible then you are able to have the discernment between do i really need to perfect it or my message will go across anyway so it's fine how it is right and right now i'm focusing on that message and then the rest follows yeah i resonate with that because Recently, I was editing a video for Mm -hmm. my Instagram and in the video, there was like this very like specific part of it that I just wanted to edit it out. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. like, I like, I liked, I liked like two minutes worth of it, but there was like 10 seconds in the middle that I was like, no. And that was because it, I felt my ego felt that it portrayed me in a negative way and not like a negative way and like something that I was saying, but just like how I was being, it mm-hmm. was triggering for my ego. Um, Cause you know, obviously the ego wants to feel, you know, wants to be seen as the smartest person, the most confident person. Like that's a big one, like the most confident person and all these things. And so I really had to sit with that and be like, okay, like, where does the growth lie? Does the growth lie in me editing this part out or should I just post it anyway? 
And I realized that it would be posting it anyway. It would literally be an investment in taking my power. Like I would be taking my power back literally because I realized like this is only going to happen again if I do not do this right now. Like it's only going to come back in a different form. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, That's the resistance, right? But uh, yeah, it's interesting that you actually sit down with yourself and you actually ask the questions and you figure out that you will still do it anyway. So again, you silent the voices. (laughs) This voice that is telling you, oh, wait a minute. This part is not good enough. You said, you know what? It is. And that's how it's going to go. Exactly. And that's what I like to do sometimes. I'm like, you know what? That's it. I'm doing it. What's the worst that can happen? Someone is going to say whatever random they want to say. They're free of saying whatever they want to say and think whatever they want to say. So you'll still be new, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the way that others perceive you is not up to you. (laughs) As long as your message is there and you are happy with it, then do it in here. Right. So I want to talk to you about attachment styles because I've seen you talk a lot about them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, just, just go right into it. Okay. What would you like to know about attachment styles? Okay, so, <laughs> there are, so there are three styles and mm-hmm. what is it? It's avoidant. Anxious and secure. That's the three main uh, attachment styles. And then you can have a little bit of everything mixed, like avoidant, fearful, dismissive, anxious. You can have a rumble of everything. So there's a. Um, so are there three of them, or are there like a ton of them? There are straight, three main ones, and then you can really divide into: is this person a dismissive person, or is this person avoidant because it's fearful of something? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know? what are the three main ones. Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> so the ones that I am aware of because I had to work on it was actually the avoidant, the fearful avoidant and the dismissive avoidant. And then you have the anxious, um, well, anxious, anxious. You have the anxious, fearful as well. And anxious avoidant. What happens is, Nick, um, and this is a paradox, as they say, all avoidance are deep down fearful, um, anxious. And all anxious are actually avoidance, the core. And that's why they do what they do. How can I explain this? So imagine an avoidant, a fearful avoidant, will not want to go in a relationship or remain in a relationship because... Um, they are scared of being hurt. But that's not the reason, right? You are being hurt, but how is this person gonna hurt me? Oh, if they leave me. If they leave me, they're gonna cause me pain. So this is a fear I have, and therefore I don't wanna be in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's a fear of abandonment. Yes. Right. Yes. That, that, I would say that is definitely the, the biggest one that I've had to that I've had to work through in my life. Um, 
because sometimes like I will notice like, like, yeah, there is that aspect of it where, um, at times there can be a fear to step into unknown situations with other people mm -hmm. because there is this feeling that you won't be accepted as who you are and you will be abandoned, which mm -hmm. is not rational. <laughs> um, it's not. Yeah. But it's valid, right? Mm -hmm. So again, an anxious, let's say, will be their surface level, their layer, would be abandonment. So they want closeness. They want, they want closeness. So why? Because they fear abandonment as well. But deep down inside, the core, what's going there is um, fear of intimacy, which is the avoidant core wound. They fear intimacy at core uh, surface level wound. So it's like, you know, they are just mingling and they are playing with each other. And that's why it's such a terrible combination, having an avoidant and an anxious person. Because, so see if the surface level is, the avoidant um, needs his space and, yeah, needs his space. The anxious wants closeness. How can you have this? <laughs> but deep down, this person, the avoidant that wants to run away, actually, he's scared of abandonment. And this anxious that doesn't want the partner run away is actually scared of intimacy. Yeah, so it's like, it's completely contradictory. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's what's going on. And once you start addressing these core wounds, you become a more secure partner and you won't need the other to you know, you don't want need to rely on the other to feel safe and to feel good with yourself. And that's what I always try to explain. The solution is not you changing partner. Yeah, you changing partner can help you, but can only help you to a certain degree. Because if you don't address the things that you have to address, you're going to keep on repeating it to no matter who, <laughs> with no matter who shows up into your life. It's just the same story, different person. Is that what you want to play? You can. It's your choice. And that could explain so much about behavior, like not even like not even just in yourself, but like in others and learning not to take certain things personally. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like if I were to put it very plainly and generally outside of the context of these three archetypes, mm -hmm. to me, it seems that everyone wants intimacy because that's our natural state. However, we are also scared of intimacy. And so, yes. <laughs> and so then we put on the masks that mm -hmm. will help us. Yeah, that are, an, an, that are an attempt to create it, but we never get there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, and, go ahead. No, please go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm interested too. And so, how are you able to remove those masks? and to truly just be seen as, as you are. Like, obviously, yes, it's the deep work, but, you know, perhaps there is more there. Mm. Um, you show up as yourself. I guess you remove the mask 
and this is who I am. And that can be scary because if this person knows all your flaws and leaves, then this person is going to trigger your wounds, right? It's like I've trusted you and now you're rejecting me. So now I have to face my wounds again. But if you show yourself with all your flaws, you know, and this person stays, then you know that you are building something mm-hmm. from there, from a safe space, from a, it's a relationship that has place to grow. While again, if, if you have these flaws and the person cannot accept it, then it's, it's making you a favor actually leaving. It can hurt, but you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to be perfect. So if this person has the illusion that I am going to be perfect, well, maybe it's not going to be only with me. <laughs> so don't take it personally. Let him look for whatever, you know, let her go and find her perfection. Mm-hmm. So how do I do it? I, I'm really honest, you know, I guess. Yeah. And if there's one thing that I've learned because I, I'm working on becoming myself a secure partner because I don't have everything figured out. Yeah. I am a human. And, and if there's a story that I can share with and that's, personal is that um, I was going through a breakup and at that time I had to really you know I was having all these noise in my head like how can I be teaching about relationships and working with people on relationships and if I cannot keep a relationship myself Mm. you know so I said okay there's work to be done then you know there's only one solution either I do it or I avoid it and I run away from it which I will keep on carrying it. So I have to do it. And I did it and I'm working on it, uh, becoming a secure partner myself. And yes, my attachment style would be more tending to the anxious. And now I really get to see when it's kicking in. And I've really learned how to speak up to my needs, right? The other person cannot guess what's on our minds. And this is a mistake that we most, most of us, besides projecting, we tend to think that people know what we want. They cannot know if you don't speak up. As simple as it is. So that's how I do it. I honestly just show up as I am myself. I have flaws. I'm not perfect. You like me good. If you don't like, that's fine too. I can deal with it now. With before, I would be holding on to, no, please love me. I'm perfect. Now, you know, I ask for help. I need help. I can't do it on my own. Like, I need help. Are, you, are we able to compromise, to meet in between? And that's what creates a relationship, you know? Relationship is not give, give, give. It's a give and receive. So just really being aware of it. And sometimes I really have to sit down with myself when I get triggered and figure out where we where's, where's, what's the wound here? What is it here that's coming up to be addressed? Okay, let's do it. And then whatever the other person does, does not affect you anymore suddenly has no effect over you yeah and that's what i've realized working on it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. and then i had to silence these voices in my head asking why do i do what i do how can i help people if i myself i wasn't able to keep a relationship i was being so self-critical right and then i remembered i'm a human and then the more i kept on thinking about it the worst and in that moment there it was like a second of silence in my head there was this voice that said, that's the reason you were doing what you're doing because you know it, you have the experience. 
you can do it. You are the best person to teach whatever. Right. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I never saw it that way, but that makes sense. So I accept it as a truth. Now that's my, my new truth, and that's where I, I flow with it, you know? Right. And you don't have to be an expert to yeah. teach because the best teachers are the ones that are learning as they are teaching. Like you have, like you have to start somewhere. Nice. And I've certainly, you know, had experiences of that imposter syndrome still do yeah. um, <laughs> where it's just like, like I haven't even been in a serious committed relationship before. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously like on my social, you know, I'm talking about like masculine and feminine and, you know, sometimes relationships and love or like whatever it may be, but I don't feel that I have to justify something that I feel in my core mm -hmm. just as a result of my experiences. I feel like I don't have to justify that with this superficial thing that would mm -hmm. validate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, you know, um, and, and you pointing out into, into uh, a direction that I actually would like to mention. It's um, people like relationships can break apart and that does not mean that they were bad, you know, or there was something wrong. And this is what, um, people are still not ready for, or they're not, um, or they are not, um, what's the word? Used to, I guess it's not the normal because when you hear breakup, Oh my God, what happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> we just didn't want the same things, right? Mm -hmm. Miss values. We change. It's normal to change and people are not used to this change oh no we need to be something from since we are born till we die and that's it we are not allowed to change and because we are not allowed to change then not having a reason like um, uh, the reason as we wanted different things is not accepted as a reason it's like no it has to be something wrong because if there's nothing wrong there's no reason to break up mm -hmm. that's it so they go to the point where yeah, there is a point where you just have, you know what, I don't have to keep on justifying. This is what happened, you know, and it's valid as well. You don't break up just because it's not working. You break up because you have different visions and you figure out only now. That's fine. Doesn't matter how long, three years, 10 years. All right. It's, it's painful, but you just, you know. Yeah. And that's follow. the uncomfortable truth is that the relationships that we think are going to be the strongest and that are going to be the most resilient and the ones that are going to last forever are, <laughs> are often the ones that don't. I mean, yeah. some of the time perhaps, but it is super interesting because I have had those relationships where, you know, Pat, you know, like after like having like a certain number of relationships, like whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. you'll run across this one where it's like wow like this one's legit like this one's for life like yeah. forever. <laughs> but it still ends like like you still find a way to end up going into different directions and there's yeah. no hard feelings but it just is what it is and and i mean as long as it's about being comfortable in the direction that you are going like if you're comfortable in the direction that you're going then it's like okay like 
do your thing. Exactly. And then that's what, and it's exactly as you said, normally the ones you think, oh my God, it's forever. That's when it doesn't. Because possibly we are tapping into the expectations or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Linking them to, wow, this is forever. Yeah. Why? Because she gives me A, B, C, D, and I would feel so good in having her in my life to fulfill this A, B, C, and D that I have, these ideas that I have in my mind. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The ideas. I used to think about that a lot, about how a lot of the time who, you know, if you're not conscious of it, yeah, if you're not conscious of it, people that you are choosing as your friends, it's simply a convenience. You're choosing out of convenience yes. your ego in order to literally fill the ego's voids and the things that it doesn't want to face. And so basically your friends or whoever you're, you know, whoever's in your circle or tribe, whatever, mm-hmm. are an extension of your ego. And I think of it as like, if you're be, if you're upset about one of your friends that is changing or that has changed, there wasn't that strong heart-centered foundation. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that strong soul connection to that person in the first place, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, could be. Or in which way is your friend changing that you are not um, able to accept? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So imagine that you have these actually this connection and everything uh-huh. is working out well and suddenly your friend is now having you know dealing with drugs or something that you are not you know resonating with yeah so would it be still great if you kept that connection right would it still be healthy for you you know what i mean yeah so it can be it, it yeah. they can, there's so many layers to it mm-hmm. yeah so it's so so yeah so the connection can it can be there at one point, but yeah, I guess perhaps once that connection seems to start fading, it, it does help yeah. to really just dig into that and to try to understand mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, to try to do your best on it. Yeah, yeah, I have, how many times I have best friends that we are um, such in a great place and out of nowhere, we will have this, uh, <laughs> um, these times where we really take a break from each other because you know there's something that we need to figure out by ourselves is not working out and we always come back together again because you know I am being toxic uh, to her and oh she's being toxic and we need to figure out things so we can have this friendship but the connection is always there it's not because we are not in touch that I don't love her the same way, you know, and she knows that, but it's just a way of us working on ourselves. And once you understand that space that the person needs to work on themselves, then I I, I guess you can keep it. When it fades away, as you say, 
because they serve them as, as well. Yeah, sometimes they do service. If I can, when there's no type, you see it's tricky. What I do think about it is, they will serve a purpose in your life, which is deeper than what we think. So it's gonna be a rule that, for instance, I had a friend that was constantly being my mother, right? And I didn't know it until I became aware of it. And I said, you know what? No, 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 we are not doing this. You are my friend. I'm not expecting you to be my mother, right? So let's stop this dynamic. This is how I would like you to show up for me. And this is where we have to train ourselves to not be doing. So when we can have this conversation, then it's possible. It's about finding the pattern, the dynamics that we are playing and stopping it. Yeah. But it can happen that friends come into your life and then leave because you're not a lot, you're not a vibrational match anymore. Right. Yeah. Without notice, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. So what does love mean to you? Oh, <laughs> everything. I guess there's nothing else than love. And um, I feel like love is power as well. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to you? It's, it's deep. It's intense and um, to me, it makes me cry sometimes because mm -hmm. it's the intensity of the feeling. It's just so beautiful, you know, when it's, you know, when I'll give you an example, you know, when you see these, uh, the groom waiting for the bride and crying, I don't know if they are scared, but in my mind, they are feeling so much love and that's why they are crying. Mm -hmm. And there's no way you could express it in another way because the intensity of it is just, they cry, you know? So for me, that's what is love, is pure, is deep, is connection, is all, there's nothing else. And once you are in fear, that's not love and that's not real. Mm. So break it, come back to love. Yeah, that's beautiful. To me, it, it feels like, it feels like I am being infinitely held. Yes. It feels like I'm just being held. It, it's like a security. Yeah. I definitely resonate with that because like in, in deep states of love, I. I cry as well. Like I, I can't help, but at least shed a few tears because it's just, yeah. It's just so beautiful. It's, it's infinite, exactly. There's no way you could ever express it in words. What is love? Because the way it feels, we can use all the words in the dictionary, in the universe. It's still not gonna be enough to describe what is love. Right. And that is exactly why there is nothing outside of us that can fulfill that. Because once yeah. you know that love is all there is, once you literally feel that in the core of your being, like once you feel that love, 
you're like, okay, like I'm done with like everything. I, I'm done trying to uphold these standards and try to meet these expectations or whatever. Like I'm just going to do literally anything that I can to feel more of this. Yes. And you will start having again standards. It's important. And you will start rejecting anything that is less or makes you feel less than that level of love. Mm -hmm. But the problem, and it's not a problem, but it can be like, let's call it obstacle. It's that people sometimes didn't feel that level of love yet because they are not connected with themselves or with source. Mm -hmm. And therefore they think love is possibly something material or it's outside of themselves. And without the other, they cannot feel it. Because for a while, it's just a concept. Yeah. For so long in my life, it was literally just a concept. Like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I would think about love and I'd be like, oh, like, you know, like two lovers or something. Uh -huh. you know, like, that's something that you can feel on your own. <laughs> yeah, you can. Mm. Yeah. And, and why? Why do you think it's two lovers? Because of the movies, right? Mm -hmm. They are selling us this idea, romantic relationship. No, you literally can feel love for life itself. Doesn't, you don't require anyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said, like with the standards, like you naturally want more people around you who, who can just meet you there. Yeah. Meet you. Um, and obviously, you know, like once you know that you're a self generator of that, you're fine in the meantime, but it does make it better whenever someone can meet you on that wavelength. Yeah, totally. Yes. So what practices do you have that consistently give you clarity that bring you into alignment? Mm. Yeah, I like to keep a morning routine. And that's possibly the only routine that I like to keep because I'm a very free flowing. And if I'm not flowing, then I feel stuck. Again, it's just the way I work. But in the morning, I would do um, two, at least two meditations, two different ones for self-love, whatever I feel like, or self-confidence or, you know, you name it. In a child's. It's just how it starts. And then I set an intention for the day. And I think in advance for the day. And I find it whenever I express gratitude before I get anything, it actually makes my day better, right? And then um, to bring clarity, I journal. Basically, that's a big thing for me. I literally just sit down. I have blocks and blocks. I'm an old school. I like to write it. Uh, I just feel like it has a different uh, feeling, a different touch when, I, when it's a physical experience. By. So I do write. And that's where I get clarity about things. It's not only through meditation. Sometimes when I'm not finding... Um, when I cannot quiet my mind, and this is something that I suggest to everyone is grab your pen, grab a paper, write, start writing. Mm -hmm. And you will find that clarity. It will. There's no way that you will not be able. Maybe 
it will take you a while to start writing but once you're writing it flows and you will figure out what's going on what's really going on yeah absolutely i like what you said about the gratitude because you think that it like doesn't like it's very easy to believe that it doesn't work mm-hmm. but if you literally just sit there like in front of the journal you write the things and you actually connect with them like you feel the gratitude for it like you have to actually feel the gratitude feel it and it's insane because like i find that and i i don't do it as much as it would definitely be helpful for me if i did it more often and so mm-hmm. that's something that i have to work with but i do find that whenever i do do it things like instantly get better yes instantly like like things start i start attracting things into my life and it's it's beautiful I, like i remember like one morning like it literally brought me to tears like how like just how quickly it shifted my state and how yeah. my world started to reflect that to me and that's the magic of gratitude really and once you start tapping into it and working with it and you start seeing results because what's challenging here for most people is seeing it happen like the results of it right mm-hmm. cuz you're like oh yeah gratitude <laughs> what does it even mean some people they don't even know what's gratitude mm-hmm. and once you start tapping into it and you see that works and you are like oh wait there's something going on mm-hmm. so i see friends i have friends that i can see their changes now because they started practicing gratitude mm-hmm. and their life and their even their energy you just sense it it's such in a better place and I, i'm very happy when i say these things because it's real you can start seeing people and friends will shift family will shift everything shifts and i'm not 100% if it's because they are doing their part as well which it might be possible right but your uh the part here that really matters is you doing it the gratitude and don't beat yourself if you're not doing it as much as you would like to right because that's something that you can do even seated you can go like oh i'm grateful for my lungs i'm grateful for my health and you know, i'm grateful for the air that i breathe and then the more you keep on repeating these things and you will literally drop into that state of gratitude automatically mhm So when I don't write it down that's what I do. Mhm. On the you talked about like people around you shifting and that mm-hmm. had me think about something that's unrelated. And I think it's so fascinating like whenever like obviously you know whenever you're in a very loving state, whenever you're feeling love, whenever you're in a high vibrational state, whenever it's just different like how you're feeling is very different um and it's so fascinating to me because there can be people that you are around constantly but whenever you are around them in that state you watch them shift however they may so maybe they kind of join with you and they ride that wave with you and um you know they start to feel that with you and they resonate with you and then other times it could literally be the opposite you could set you can perhaps sense their discomfort because mm-hmm. because your state of being has pushed them to 
their growth edge. And now like they see where their ego is holding them back from their own freedom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is ready to see or feel that way, right? So they would just rather avoid you. And if that's the case, that's fine by me. You know, find yourself and I'll meet you there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not playing this game, especially if I see it playing. When I'm not aware, I give the benefit of the doubt because, you know, might be me, my projections. And what is it in this person? So imagine I had, I was working with a colleague and, you know, I was trying my best and doing my best and everything that I would do, she would be criticizing. And I said, God, what is this today? What's going on? Why is she criticizing me this way? And then I comment with a friend. I said, you know what? She was criticizing me all day long. Even though what I was doing, what I was doing was good enough. And then I had the awareness. I'm, I'm myself, I'm the one criticizing. My self-inner critic is, was on. So she was just reflecting back to me what I was doing. Mm. Yes. Right? Yes. So once I switch it off, oh, suddenly there's no more critics. <laughs> Everything's fine. So having that awareness is important when it's you and it's not you, (laughs) that they may be triggered with their ego and they might have to disappear (laughs) or you got triggered and you have to do something now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so beautifully put because that reflection is the only way that you could, that you can actually pay attention to what is going on inside of you. So perhaps you do feel abused by them or disrespected by them in some way Mm. but what they're really doing whether they know it or not Mm -hmm. is that they're literally helping you (laughs) exactly yeah they are holding the mirror that's how i say sometimes i hold a mirror sometimes they hold a mirror and sometimes my mirror is dirty and i actually need to go there and clean it so i can see it better what's really going on And sometimes I'm the one holding a mirror and I say, you clean it. I'm not going to do it for you. And sometimes they say, yes, it's dirty. Let me do it. And sometimes they say, no, it's good enough. I can see myself. It's a bit, uh, but it's working out for me. And they refuse and okay, that's fine. We don't have to do this. Right. Right. So what are three things that you would recommend to the listeners that have helped you along your path? So perhaps it's a book or a person or a podcast or whatever it may be. Mm. Let me think. Well, I would recommend therapy. (laughs) The first thing and foremost, if you feel like there is something that you want to work on, you don't know how or where to start, find help. There's nothing wrong in asking for help. And for so many years, I felt like I was alone and no one could possibly understand me. So, you know, and there's these, um, um, taboo in society and perhaps not our generation, but the ones before us that going to a therapist meant that you are crazy, right? You know, 
in your mind. So I would say, please find help, look for help. It's fine. There's so many resources out there, so many good therapists, so many good techniques that can help you. You are not alone, definitely. Whatever is going on with you, whatever is in your mind, there is someone out there that can help you. So look for help. At least, and at least try it. At least. Yes. Yes. Like, I tried it once and I was like, no, this isn't for me. But just, exactly. like, just exert the energy and the universe will respond. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like we, we call, for me, therapy can be read a book, can be walking outside. But if you need help, because there's something that you cannot understand or your thoughts or emotions or whatsoever, find a professional. They can help you. Mm. Uh, second thing would be you are enough. <laughs> know that you are enough. And if you want to read something about it, I would recommend uh, Brene books. Brene Brown, you can find her online. And their books are all about shame, guilt, and the gift of parent, perfect parenting is such a great one because show you how you are raising children and how guilt and shame have, can have different impacts on how these children is going to behave as an adult and how his life is going to be shaped. And so that is such a great book. I love it. I would recommend it. Yeah. Any book from Brene. There's such powerful emotions. Guilty. Yes. Well, it's so just controls you. Mm-hmm. And you think you are the emotion. That's the problem. <laughs> you right. are not. For so me, once we get rid of it. It's been shame. Yes. Is yeah. it around masculine wounds or wounds or perhaps you could say that, yes, because whenever mm-hmm. I think of I'm not sure if I would, um, I'm not sure how I would conceptualize it on a masculine, feminine standpoint, but I would say it's just around expression because whenever you feel shameful mm-hmm. there, like you're, it's like, you're literally cutting your limbs off. You're, you're cutting parts mm-hmm. of yourself completely off because it's not safe to be safe, yeah. whatever way that could potentially lead you back to that root of shame yeah yeah yeah. it's funny because it's not funny but that's how i see many men are it's full on shame and full on on guilt but shame because they never feel that they are doing a good job or being good enough and then again as feminine you have the same core values which the same uh, core wound sorry um not being enough but then we will take on a lot of shame surrounded our sexuality and how we show up and you need to cover yourself and all these things, you know? So, so, okay. That that's actually so fascinating because the way I think about it and I was going to post this at some point, but to me, the feminine values self-love and the masculine values self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And so you could see the masculine like just beating himself up 
Cause like for me, for example, I can get into that stage where I'm so, I'm so tied up in my self-discipline and trying to be perfect to have every, to have absolutely everything in order to set these extremely high expectations for myself that I completely forget to love myself because it's not those actions, those behaviors are not rooted in love. They're rooted in fear and that I'm not doing enough. Um, And so I have to come back to the feminine and to just learn how to love myself unconditionally. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So yeah, that's, that would be a healthy feminine accepting and expressing yourself, knowing that you're lovable and And just being able to do it freely, you know, without being scared, feeling that you're not safe. And for so many throughout history, women were not feeling safe. And that's why you have it in you and I have it in me and we all have it. (laughs) And that's something where we need to work on that core wound. Yeah. So let me see the third one. The third one, I would say drop being perfect. Drop it. Perfect does not exist. Does not. So I was slave of that word for the longest time in my life. And when I realize that my value and my worth is not attached to being perfect, but actually just showing up as I am, that's it. And that's when you find true perfection because perfection resides within the heart. Yes. Not in the mind because the mind's literally not not built to comprehend perfection. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then this idea of perfect you will never be able to achieve it you can live 100 lives you will not achieve perfection so just drop it it's less a weight that you've been carrying and you will see your life flowing when you drop that weight it's like oh my god i don't need to be perfect anymore no you just need to be yourself that's it simple i know right crazy not being perfect (laughs) it seems to open you up to so much yeah and i'm not even sure how i could just like expand on that or to describe it further but it it just like energy just starts moving like things just start coming because there's no resistance anymore there's no resistance exactly yeah there's no resistance when they say it sometimes resistance comes as a motivator for you to achieve more which i understand you know as you're saying when you're putting your bars high then you will want to achieve more and more and more and more however how much more is possible anything is possible and you can simply drop the perfection thing you can achieve anything you want without that weight dragging you down literally <laughs> it's literally pointless it causes us suffering yeah yeah it's just pointless exactly 
Mm-hmm. So I would say drop perfection. Just don't use it. Don't think about it. Just drop it. Well, beautiful. Um, Sophia, I really appreciate you. you being on the podcast. Thank you, Nick. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Really honored to be here. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I appreciate your wisdom, um, your openness, your vulnerability. So I'd be happy to do this again. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Anytime, let me know. <laughs> and so where can, fe- and where can people find you on social? Basically on Instagram, that's my only platform at the moment. So you will find me on Instagram, Sofia Luspera. <laughs> and that's where you can talk to me, get in touch, uh, book a session or any other type of therapy that you might need. All right. Awesome, Sophia. Yeah. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. See you.